Welcome to the Live Your Vision podcast. In episode 60, Jeremy shares his sales advice from selling group ticket packages for the NBA Timberwolves, how he became interested in business development, and what it's like traveling back to his birth country, Africa. Hope you enjoy the show. Jeremy, to kick things off, how have you been doing mentally the past week? Uh, mentally, been good. Um, yeah, it's springtime, so it's always a nice little mental lift. Um, you kind of see the, the light at the other side of the tunnel with COVID and even just getting through the winter. You know, it's kind of nice just to get through there. And so I think mentally good, a lot of stuff to look forward to. Um, and so, yeah, man, it's it's been good. What about you? Yeah. Dude, I mean, last week has been good. Um, got to hang out with family past weekend, so that's always good. Um, for pretty busy week this week, honestly. I uh, have a shoot for Ever North this Thursday, um, and then actually leaving to California on Friday with my brother. Yeah. To like Wednesday. So that'll, that'll be fun. It's a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he, yeah, my brother, he hasn't been out to California. Um, yet so that'll be cool and i mean i don't know what california is like right now so it'll be interesting but Mm -hmm. um it'll still be super fun yeah yeah Yeah. from all reports if if you listen to the joe rogan podcast you're (laughs) you're gonna be scared to go there for sure so i don't know (laughs) i don't know what it's like i don't really have a whole lot of friends on the ground there but does it sound like it's been too good (laughs) so good luck it sounds like everyone's just like leaving california yeah so and going to like texas and stuff so yeah that's interesting um but you recently started at active doing business development but yeah. before that, you were also doing business development for the Back Pocket Podcast and then also worked for the Timberwolves, which is really cool. Like, what started you to get interested into business development? Yeah, yeah, I guess it's, um, I feel like business development is like a fancy word, I guess. Um, so I never, I guess, I, I never really looked at it as like, oh, I want to do business development, right? It's mm-hmm. It's more so... I'm just interested in, I feel like I'm just, one, I'm just interested in a lot of different things. So a lot of the stuff that I do just kind of comes out of my own personal interests. So like, you know, sports, been interested in sports basically my whole life. So Tim Rules fits that, podcast, love podcasts and listening to podcasts and um, loved the Back Pocket podcast and everything that those guys stood for and just seemed like genuine guys. So I was just interested in getting to know them, interested in podcast world. And um, now this third thing is just interested in entrepreneurship and brands and building a business um, and scaling a business. And so that's kind of where it starts. It's, it's just mostly with interests, things that I'm interested in. Um, but then I think the other level to it is just, I always have been goal oriented and like to work towards something. Um, so growing up, you know, Usually that's sports. Honestly, it wasn't really with school. <laughs> Couldn't really care less about school, if I'm being honest. Um, but hey, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Um, but so it's just, I, I just like the idea of working towards something. And usually in sales, you can get that. And it's very easy to see that and measure it. And um, know when you're accomplishing your goals and know when you're 
you're you're winning basically mm-hmm. and so that's kind of where it goes um with i guess business development is just you know you know kind of you know scratching the itch of interest but also having something that you can day in and day out kind of be able to judge yourself did i win that day did i win the month you know mm-hmm. did i like you know the, the goal ultimately is a kind of like landing deals right yeah and so just being able to have something that I can work towards. And it's just like, it also with just like networking too. Um, interest, I just very curious and love figuring out how things work. And so honestly, like, you know, discovery meetings or whatever you want. If you're a salesperson, you probably know what that is. But, you know, discovery meetings are kind of like fun for me because it's almost like you're figuring out how a certain, like how a business works mm-hmm. and where you can add value to it and who the person is and, um, so yeah, I think it just kind of fits in a lot of my interests is, is kind of where it started. So, um, that's kind of a long winded answer to your question. But yeah, did, did you go to school for business development or what, what did you go to school for? No, no. So I went to school for sports management, okay. um, at St. Cloud state. And so that's, I mean, that was kind of just like, a you know, something that I've always, like, I always just I just knew what I was going to do, right? Like I'm a sports guy in high school. What do you want to do? I'm going to do sports management. That was fun, you know, and again, school was, you know, school is kind of like, for me at least, it, it was it was good to learn stuff. I like learning, and so I enjoyed that piece of school, but just some of the grade stuff, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I didn't really go to school for business, like a business degree, or sports management is kind of like a business degree. It's the business side of sports, so in a way, kind of. Uh, with a, like a little twist um but no no it's a lot of it too is just kind of learn as you go so yeah how did you start working for the timberwolves was that like internship type of relationship that you built with them or was did you just see like a job opening yeah. after you graduated um yeah so so when i started or how how i got the job was really just uh, a lot of mutual connections and kind of some some work that I did earlier on that paid off. And so basically what I mean by that is when I was about to graduate, I sent out hundreds of resumes and job applications <laughs> all over the place. Like I was literally sending stuff out to like sports clubs in like Spain and in Africa and in Europe, like all over the place. Yeah. I, I, I was going to go wherever, like California, Florida, anywhere. So I had a couple of job interviews. Um, you know, they were, it was good. It was, they, they went well. But the one place that I didn't actually send out a resume to, <laughs> I just ended up getting a job with, which was the Timberwolves. And how that worked out was kind of started all the way back when I was, what was I? I was like a sophomore in college. Um, so the, the one thing I will say about college is grading system and all that kind of stuff, not a fan, but the opportunities that it gave me, huge fan of all that. So in college, I had the opportunity to do some volunteer work at the NCHC tournament, which is a big hockey tournament um, for college hockey. And so it, honestly, like I like hockey, you know, it's kind of whatever. Um, so I volunteered at the tournament, knew that it was at the Target Center. And was kind of hoping, you know, maybe just to net, use it as a networking opportunity. <clears throat> and so 
I actually did that. I volunteered at that tournament two years in a row. And it just so happened that there was Timberwolves employees that also were working that tournament. And so I kind of was able to start building relationships within the organization through that first volunteer opportunity. And so um, that kind of led to me following up with those people, which led to a game day shadow to figure out if I wanted to work in uh, in-game entertainment, which was what I thought I wanted to do, which was like, basically you go to a game, it's like the lights, camera, action, like the, the coordinating everything from when smoke goes off, when certain songs are played. It's kind of just like you're, you're almost like creating the vibe of, yeah. the, of the party, basically, which was what, what I thought I wanted to do. Um, still, I think it's cool. Like I, but, I, but going back to the goal-oriented thing where I'm always trying to work every single day um, towards like a goal, I, th- I kind of did a self-assessment and realized sales was a little bit more of what I wanted to do. So then basically kind of worked through my connections. Hey, do you guys know anybody? Yada, yada, yada. Um, it was it kind of like left it at there for a little bit. And then a couple of my other connections from just going to school uh, actually were able just to connect me with another person that worked for the Wolves, did an informational interview with him. And then you, you leaned on another one of my old football teammates to connect me with his, his boss because he, wor- he worked at the Wolves. And then that turned into an informational interview, which basically turned into like a, a real interview. I kind of realized that like after I was there, I was like, okay, now he's asking me the questions. So this is kind of turning into a normal interview now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, that went well. And basically at the end of that informational interview turned interview, uh, I got a job offer. And Dang. yeah, so it's basically just like a lot of connections and a lot of leaning on personal relationships and yeah, the, the one place that I didn't send out a resume to <laughs> was the one that I actually got a job with. <laughs> and yeah. here I was trying to go to all these other parts of the world. Yeah. And yeah, I just stay right here in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so weird how that works out. Did yeah. they really get you on that in-game, like, in-game experience? No, well, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I went there and it was kind of, it was just kind of what I, like, basically I went and I knew exactly what it was. Like, I was like, all right, this is what it is. Like, this is probably what it's going to be. You know, there's some there's room for innovation, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it just didn't. I guess it just didn't kind of fit with, you know, where I what I wanted to do and what my like goals were. Yeah, you know, so yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was kind of a joke because doesn't the don't the Timberwolves have like the worst, um, was it worst winning average out of like any sports team? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure, but I knew, okay. I do know that we do, we have one of the best in-game production crews in the entire oh, sports. Okay. And so <laughs> in-game, what I was kind of looking more so to do was like oh. the lights, camera, action, the whole experience of a fan coming to the game. Okay. And I know that they've won some awards for how, how good they've been at that. Yeah. And so. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fun experience, fun game day experience. So anybody watching, if you guys want to come to a, a Timberwolves game. You can hit me up. I can get you some, a good deal on some tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to shameless plug for myself out there. Use affiliate code Jeremy at checkout. Yep, you know? yep. <laughs> but dude, that's that's so true. Like being able to build different like the relationships that you continue to invest in and build, like what that can do for you later on in the future. Because mm-hmm. like you started reaching out to just people you knew yeah to like try to transition from kind of being on this 
in-game experience route to like, oh, I want to do sales because my internal drive is very like goal orientated to like mm-hmm. how how sales can be laid out. Like if you get like how how does that work for the Timberwolves for sales? Are you just tracked based off of how many like tickets are sold? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's similar to like any other sales role where you have a goal that you're supposed to hit. Um, you know, obviously this year was a little bit crazy with the mm. pandemic and we can get into that a little bit, but bunch of um, zoom tickets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Find a way. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically you just get a goal. I mean, quarter quarterly goal. Um, and then like an end of the season goal for the year where you're looking to drive as much revenue. Um, I, so my specific role is group events. And so I focus on really any group, a group is any, it's tickets 10 or more. So basically tickets to a game where you buy in bulk 10 or more tickets. And, um, so that you, I mean, I focus with churches. Uh, there's a lot of church groups that will come out to games, like youth groups, uh, kids groups, just family groups in general. Um, and then a lot of businesses will do, you know, you've got your client appreciation, your staff appreciation, which is a big one, um, right now. A lot of stats out there that people are are leaving their jobs, right? And mm. so, what do, what do, what does a business look to do? Is they look to, you know, you can increase pay, or you can also provide, you know, fun opportunity, like fun experiences for your your staff, and um, so a lot of just things like that, where it's you know working with organizations or and working with even friends and family groups, you know, like every now and then we'll get a, a friend planning like a pat bachelor party or something like that. And so, so with groups, you know, revenue is a big one, but also number of group tickets sold is kind of how we're judged. And so basically I'm just trying to sell as many group tickets and as many groups as possible and make as much money as possible. <laughs> so it's kind of just, you know, what, what sales at the Timberwolves is in a nutshell. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, obviously, you know, working, like making sure that, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's really, it really is a partnership in, in a sense where, you know, a lot of the groups and current clients that I work with, especially on like the business side of things, you know, a lot of times they're, they're using it as a tool, right? So they're not just using it as a, you know, oh, we're just going to go and watch the Timberwolves game and and have a good time, drink some beers, you know, kick it. That's, that's probably what I would do when I'm going (laughs) to a game. But as like a business tool, you're, you're utilizing it to try to, um, you know, make an impression on a client. And so, that's that's a big part of what I have to do on my on the back end is to you know kind of work with them in a way to make sure that we're making a good impression we're making sure that you know that, that whoever they're having out to the game is taken care mm-hmm. of and um, so that, yeah so basically there's 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 the revenue goal there's the tickets goal but then there's also just the clients goal and try to make sure that that's hit too yeah what what does your sales process look like for <coughs> selling like group ticket sales like what what would be an average cost of like a group ticket sales that you'd have to do yeah yeah so that's 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 a good question um it's a it's a common question people are always asking how much does this cost right Mm -hmm. how much how much does you know courtside tickets cost how much does this cost how much or yeah just kind of like how you said how much does group tickets cost um i always kind of turn it back it's a hard question to answer because it's, I always kind of equate it to uh, maybe like walking into a car dealership and just walking up to the front desk and saying like, how much does a car cost, right? 
the person at the desk is like, well, what kind of car do you want? <laughs> right? Like, do you want the beater or do you want like this Ferrari? And so basically, I mean, it, it really depends, right? Okay. So like, it really depends on what kind of experience they're looking for. So if it's like a company that's looking to do an all-inclusive suite, you know, it's going to cost a little bit more than, um, you know, somebody yeah. that's just looking to get tickets in the upper deck. Mm-hmm. So, so it really varies. I mean, it's, it's a hard thing to answer and especially right now and, you know, yeah, <laughs> we don't have any prices right, really yeah. for groups <laughs> for, for like selling people tickets. Are yeah. they reaching out to you? Are you reaching out to them? Oh yeah. Yeah. So in a perfect world, right. You know, a perfect world, everybody's reaching out to us. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's tickets. that would be the dream. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta have out outreach to, to, I mean, to the prospects. And so, um, I think you had asked about the process. A lot of it is just reaching out, helping to educate the marketplace on what's even available. Cause a lot of people don't even know how, where they could save money. You know, they, they just buy tickets whenever they can on the off online. They're spending like money and fees and all sorts of stuff. And they just don't know. So a big part of it is just educating the marketplace and then, you know, meetings, connecting with people, office, office meetings, having people out to games, to letting them, you know, test drive some seats, get the experience. Um, obviously, we're not just sending out, like, <laughs> there's there's a fine line between getting people in to test drive some seats and <laughs> people just wanting to get free tickets off of us. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to, you know, you got to kind of make sure that you're not, um, yeah, you're just, you're basically just want to kind of, uh, qualify people first, but mm-hmm. yeah, a big part of it is just getting face to face, making sure people are aware of what what we have going on, and oh. uh, <laughs> turn that alarm off. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's basically what it's basically what it is. Just reaching out to people, educating them, getting face to face, and then solving for whatever problems that they they have. Okay, when you're when you're trying to get face to face with people, like, because I'm I'm curious on like. So people are obviously, you're reaching out to people and people are reaching out to you. Is this all done through like email? Are you hopping on the phone with people to Oh yeah. get yeah. them to buy tickets? Yeah. So it's, I mean, I, I try to take a, a creative approach to it where I'm trying out almost everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I take it from an approach as like, people are busy. Like I'm busy. People try to reach out to me and I don't always get back to people right away. Um, and there's also different ways that you can reach me right like if you I guess I don't want to necessarily tell everybody how to reach me the best but <laughs> but I mean I, I might I might get back to you if you you know maybe if you like shoot me an Instagram DM that's going to pop up a little bit faster on my phone versus you know an email to my Gmail account or something like that right and so I will I mean it, it depends like so basically yeah I utilize email so cold emails cold calls cold DMs, cold LinkedIn DMs, Instagram DMs. A uh, little trick that I found out on Facebook was is sometimes that, you know, when you're looking at a business and you, you want to connect with the organization or business or whatever, uh, reaching out to their company page is sometimes good because I, I heard, so I don't know if it's still true, but I heard somewhere that their rating goes down if they don't respond to those. Oh. <laughs> and so it was like guaranteeing basically that somebody would get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I just try to get creative with my approach. I mean, I, I've tried, you know, sending videos of me talking, like just, you know, intro videos of myself to people. Um, 
That's that's cool. Yeah. So do they give you a good amount of freedom in your ability to just like get sales, group sales? Yeah. Yeah, okay. which is which is another thing that I really love about the job too is this um it really is kind of like we're managing our own book of business in in, in a sense where you know, I've I'm given given some, you know, leads to be able to reach out to. Um but then a lot of it is just going to events, going to networking events, going to like different church-related events and stuff like that, and just telling, educating the marketplace about what we do, making connections, and and always asking for the sale or the meeting or something like that, where it's like, hey, like I do this. If you guys want to come out, let's make it happen. <laughs> make yeah. <them> a deal. <laughs> Dang, so you go. You probably go to a good amount of events then. Oh yeah, just in the area. Yep. Before COVID happened, I was going to a ton and through i mean it's it's just stuff that i'm interested in too like events for work or a lot of times it's just things that i i mean i'm I'm going to real estate events going to potential prospecting events for timberwolves stuff and really just at the end of the day looking to create relationships first um and then solve for problems after that and then just let people know what we're doing so yeah, that's kind of what we do for prospecting. Yeah, what's what's been your most successful like channel yeah. to get people to buy tickets? Um, it's a good question. It's it honestly it changes a lot. I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like emailing and call and just calling people is probably the best way to do it. Um, it's, there's some sense to it just being a numbers game. And so, you know, the more people you can get through um, or the more people you can reach out to, you know, it, that's just going to help your close rate. Um, but, but yeah, I'd say probably just the basics, honestly, just in terms of sales, uh, probably just emails and cold calls, you know, kind of just the, what they teach you <laughs> in mm. sales school. Yeah. Did you do any training? For sales? Um, I mean, we, we get trained in, you know, like right when we first start working with the Wolves, uh, we go through. So, like, I went through an inside sales class. Um, that was basically my first position with the Wolves. So, inside sales is kind of where you're just thrown into it. You're going through a lot of sales training on the f- first couple weeks. And then throughout the year, you're getting, I mean, you're kind of learning as you go. So, and even still, I mean, basically, I mean, we just had a training today. Um, so it's all, I feel like in sales, you're always kind of trying to fine tune what you're doing. So, yeah. Yeah. Could you, could you teach me something? Like if you were to do like a quick, oh man, quick let's see. little sales training right now. Um, I, I mean, I think, I guess I mean, sales is, I think sometimes people think it's complicated, but for me, I think it's just asking good questions. It's basically what sales is. It's just asking open-ended questions that make sense from what they're, whatever business is that you're trying to sell and then you're just looking to solve to those you're basically just looking to solve problems and how how can your solution solve their problem and you're only going to figure that out if you ask good questions mm-hmm. and so um yeah it'd have to be a specific situation i guess but that's that's the biggest advice that i can give you <laughs> right yeah. now is just ask good on point questions that make sense and relate it back to how you can solve for it and yeah. Okay. Interesting. Solve, yeah, solve their problems through asking good questions. Yeah, open-ended questions. Yeah. Not, never, you kind of want to stay away from just like yes, no questions. So like, um, you could say like, 
you could so if i'm selling like a season ticket package to just like a, a random person not necessarily like a business but just like a consumer or something or even to it's like to you right now like for, for me to kind of gauge what you would be looking at um i could be instead of so i could say um did you go to a timberwolves game last year and then you could say yes or no and if, if you say yes that kind of helps me a little bit, but it doesn't necessarily get me to helping you to like see value in or start to see value in a full season ticket package. But I could say, and this is just like super basic, like front end question, but like, so instead of saying, did you, I would want to say, how many games did you go to last year? And then that just starts getting you, getting you talking like, Oh, I went to, I went to 10 games. I went to seven games. And then I could say, Oh, that's weak. No. Yeah, I, yeah, I could say. Well, I could say. Did you like your experience at those games? Yeah. Did you? Was it fun? Did you mm -hmm. like it? And then you would say yes or no, or I could say, how was your experience for those at those games? And then that gets them to open up more. And then basically, you're just looking to try to get people to open up, open up more. And then, like, say for example, if they said, "Oh yeah, the experience was great, had a lot of fun," but gosh, you guys charge so much for those fees. Mm -hmm then that's a problem. Like that's, oh yeah, problem that I could solve through some of our different ticketing options, like with a package or group option or something like that. So basically it's just trying to get people to talk <laughs> and making sure that you're, you're not necessarily just like drilling them with questions per se. So like, so like you don't really want to get into a, a conversation or like a call where you're just like, how's your experience? And they say, oh, it was good. Like the, the and then say okay, who did you go with? <laughs> okay, <Just> like, like, <laughs> like helicopter. Yeah, just basically parents. just like drive, just keep driving questions where it sounds like you're interrogating them. Don't do that, but good questions that are open ended, just to get people to talking and to help you understand. Really, I mean, at the end of the day, you're also looking to try to understand how you can add value, and you're never going to understand that. But just, just first pitching. Some people will just pitch right away, like. This is what I have. This is why you should buy from me. Buy, yeah. right? You don't even know how to convince somebody if you don't know mm -hmm. their experience, right? Mm -hmm. I could waste my time going into a whole pitch to have somebody to buy tickets and at, like, at, at the end of it, they'll just say, hey, sorry, buddy, I actually just moved to California. <laughs> so I just wasted 10 minutes of my, yeah. <laughs> just wasting my time and hit that person's time and nobody wants to feel like they're wasting their time. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sales is like one of the best skills you can learn just in life, like that communication aspect yeah. with like, a lot, I mean, a lot of it, like you just said, is just asking the right questions and like good quality questions to people and getting them to open up so you're able to address like any pain points Sorry that you have. That. <laughs> Keeps going off. Yeah, no, you're spot on. Spot on. Um, I think I just forgot to... I just forgot to turn it off oh, from earlier. Okay, it should be off now. <laughs> well, no, that's a that's a good transition. So you so you're doing a lot with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then did you kind of just through you yourself going to different events? Did you then meet Declan and Andrew of the Back Back Pocket Podcast? Yeah, so for for them actually, I just I just slid in their DMs, the good nice. old fashioned way. Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I just was listening to their podcasts. Um, it kind of just went to my like you know 
scratch the itch of just interests, right? Stuff happening in Minneapolis. They interviewed a lot of um, people in Minneapolis. And honestly, I just like their perspective on just life and success. And, you know, I think at the time they were doing like crazy amount of podcasts and they just, I loved how they like talked about like the grind and how they're just, you know, this is our goal. We're going to keep going day by day, brick by brick type of mentality. And so I, I just resonated with that. And then honestly just reached out to them. I think they had posted saying that they needed help with something. Um, they had like a list of things that they needed help with. And I just reached out. I was like, Hey, like be happy to like get, get together and meet and see what I could do. And, um, I think they were like, it was like a lot of stuff around content. And I was basically just like, I could try to learn. I'm not really the best at that, <laughs> but you guys, and again, it just kind of came to like listening a, a little bit, but I was like, you guys, I think you mentioned maybe something about like sponsors and stuff like that. I can, maybe I can help you guys try to get sponsors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, yeah, sure. And so Basically, from there, it just kind of went into um, me just reach trying to get sponsors for the podcast and just reaching out to local businesses and oh, nice. trying to get them trying to get them money. Yeah, <laughs> money sponsors for the podcast. Yes, trying to get trying to help them monetize their podcast. Basically, oh, nice. was was my role, and so that was just a lot of again, you know, the cold outreach, um, trying to help people solve their problems of you know, raising awareness in the Twin Cities area. You know, we have a specific demographic mm -hmm. and podcasts are really good ways to um, build that community. I think you were talking about it a little bit, but you know, if, if you have a, if you have a product that fits within a certain community um, that, you know, getting it out on a podcast is a really good way to, for, for stickiness, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times listeners with podcasts, they really trust the host and they really trust, uh, there's just a built up sense of trust. And so, you know, when you're hearing products that are advertised to you th from the host and through the podcast, um, it's, it's a really good conversion rate, at least stickiness wise. Um, so that's, I mean, I, basically that's just kind of, you know, the direction that I went with it. And, um, yeah, just stirred, stirred that whole thing. And the biggest thing that I, I think I'd say my biggest role is really Bocella. So we're, we're oh. it's a podcast, but we're just, so we're, we've transitioned into a, podcast production company now and so there's a couple other podcasts that we help produce and then we always throw this huge event called Bocella where um again I'm selling sponsors for it right so yeah. tables on the boat stuff you know basically we have a lot of different sp sponsorship packages and stuff like that but um just trying to help them make a little bit of money you know <laughs> yeah yeah when you're trying to sell sponsorships for the podcast what are you offering them and like, what are they looking for? Yeah. Yeah. So specifically, I mean, it all kind of boils down to just awareness, right? So just really getting, making sure that whatever business product brand that we're trying to, you know, bring on board, um, introducing them to our listener base is really the biggest value add because, you know, our, our listener base is here in Minneapolis where, People that, you know, young adults, usually fresh out of college and um, hustlers, right? Movers and shakers of Minneapolis. And so that's, I mean, you just want to be associated with that type of a crowd, right? And so that's kind of a little bit of the message, um, just association with our listener base and making sure that your product is introduced to our listeners. Um, and so 
So that's basically the value add there. But it, but again, it kind of comes down to like their specific, like anything specific that they're looking to accomplish. Um, a lot of the times it comes to awareness. Uh, sales too is, mm. you know, obviously every business wants to make sales, <laughs> but uh, to make sales, you need people to know about who you are. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're trying to help out with that. Nice. Has, has that been easy to do to like get podcast sponsors? Cause like I, I do the podcast through anchor mm-hmm. and you can include sponsorships that anchor provides in your podcast. Like they offer an anchor sponsorship squarespace different companies will kind of offer it up to anyone on that platform um and that's very easy to do to get paid for your podcast so like has it been easy for you to reach out to these companies and introduce like this local podcast and just ask them if they would want to be a sponsor of it uh no it's not easy (laughs) yeah it's definitely not easy it's it's a lot of uh it's a lot of reps, basically, just a lot of repetition, trying to get, um, you know, a lot of reps, a lot of conversations with people, trying to really help explain the value add and how it'll help with the problem that they're trying to accomplish. Um, so yeah, it's, it, I wouldn't say it's it's easy. It's definitely not. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things, especially when you're advertising to maybe some like local businesses, they don't necessarily have the a huge budget for that kind of a thing. And so just trying to find the right types of prospects, like right types of brands to partner with um, is sometimes a little bit of a challenge, but yeah, it's, it could be a challenge, but that's kind of, that's kind of a little bit why it's, um, that, that's what kind of makes it a little bit more fun, I guess, in a way, or makes it something where you can keep kind of coming back to and trying to figure out what's going to work. And so that's kind of what keeps me going at it. Um, Still working at it right now. Biggest thing coming up is Bocella, mm-hmm. so looking for sponsorships for that. So if if you're uh, if you're out there and you want to get your brand in front of a 350 college kid or call it call it just fresh out of college kids, um, yeah, hit me up. Yeah. Hit me up. We can talk. Hit <laughs> <laughs> up Jeremy. Let's yep. go. Um, have have you had anyone sponsor the podcast yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, we've had, what, yeah, what would that kind of like range in price wise for like what would a brand be willing to pay for for a podcast promo? Um, yeah, it really depends. Um, it really depends, especially right now too, since we've kind of transitioned away from just being a specific, uh, specific like one single podcast. We're almost transitioning a little bit more into, or we are transitioning into something where we're just managing different podcasts. And so we're, we're still trying to figure out exactly what that looks like um, in terms of, you know, what, what like a, you know, pre-roll ad read is going to cost and what mid-roll and like all that kind of stuff. Um, but for both, I mean, Bocella, since we're speaking on it, I think we have the title sponsor um, taken care of, but if, so just like if you wanted to get a spot on the boat, just as a table sponsor, um, you basically just have an opportunity to interact with people on the boat. It's going to be like the first live event that anybody's going to be able to <laughs> be a part of right now. Um, that's about that's a thousand to, to have a spot on the booth or on the boat, basically your own booth, just to do whatever you want. At. It's kind of the, you know, if you've ever gone to any of those types of things, people can 
have crazy things to try to get people to their booth to basically do lead gen or whatever, you know, whatever they're looking to get out of the event. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what that costs on, on our, end. just one example with Bocella. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, man. How have you tried anything like that? With because you were oh, talking for, a little bit about the for sponsorships. Yeah. Um, I debated about. I debated doing it through Anchor. Like one time, like you can include one of their sponsorships in it, but mm-hmm. for including a sponsorship and then also kind of what their offering was for it, mm-hmm. I didn't see a ton of value in it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Cause like it's still what I do is still like I would consider a small podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's nothing where I'm getting like tons and tons of listeners mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, oh, I could offer a brand something pretty reasonable or better than what they could get from advertising on like a social platform or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you made a good point just on ads and how if a host communicates an ad to a listener like you have better trust built with that person mm-hmm. so like if joe rogan doesn't add for buffalo wild wings like you'll you'll remember and you're like oh yeah like i might go check it out <laughs> i might yeah. go check it out sometime yeah um, yeah it's, i think it's just all about like personalization right yeah. like just ba- basically being able to like i, I think that I mean, with, with Joe Rogan, I mean, I've heard him say, I, I like the way Joe Rogan delivers his ads, actually. He talks about, like, he adds, like, in, like, a little personal element to it and why he believes it. And it's like, all right, this is, mm-hmm. a, I trust Joe Rogan, so I'm going to trust this company because he supports it, right? Yeah. And I've, and I've, I'm guilty of it. I've bought and lots of, I've bought lots of stuff just from hearing podcast ad reads of people that I trust recommending a product. And then I buy it. Oh, dang, you so, buy? You buy from podcast ads? Yeah, I've bought, I've nice. bought, like, what i think bought a book before i can't remember which one some some business related success habit related book um i I bought joe rogan's um the brain stuff um oh from uh alpha brain on it from yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i I, I was like you know what i don't really mess around with this stuff but you know i trust joe rogan so i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna try this stuff out and see if it makes a difference and it's, Did it work? Yeah, it's honestly, I kind of like it. Let's go. <laughs> it's a little bit, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I kind of like it. <laughs> I like nice. it. I think it works. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I'll probably get some more. So. Yeah. Did you, did you notice any difference? Yeah. Yeah. Just okay. more of like a, I mean, it's more of a focus. Um, yeah. Just more of a, definitely more of a focus on just getting stuff done. But it's not like an overstimulated focus where, you know, sometimes, so when I was a kid, I was prescribed Adderall. And so, you know, I've had that before. And that's almost sometimes more of like a, like I take it and it's like too much focus. <laughs> it's like too much like going on and I don't really feel like myself, but this is almost like a calm focus. Nice. So I feel like I'm doing an ad for on it right now, but yeah, yeah so, I so like you're, it. You're not, you're not taking Adderall anymore? No, no. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it? Cause I mean, there's some pretty strong comparisons to like when it's prescribed to children, it's just a children with like a lot of energy and giving that type of like medication to like children is kind of, Mm -hmm. it's yeah. 
Yeah, honestly, I haven't. I, I I know it's like a. I know it's there's some controversy there, but it hasn't been something that I've spent a lot of time looking at, like both sides of it. So mm-hmm. I don't. I I honestly don't have like a. I don't have an opinion one way okay. or the other on it. But I know. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'd be interested in learning more about it. Honestly, yeah. like I I've, I know that there's something there though for sure. And mm-hmm. yeah pharmaceutical companies yeah right yeah, I, remember, <laughs> I remember i don't know if you had people in your high school that did this but when we took like the aact like there would be people that never took adderall before in their life yeah and they'd take it for the act <laughs> and then they'd be like, like super focused like tweaking and stuff and I, mean, yeah. I, I never did that but there there's some people i knew that did that oh yeah that's that's crazy yeah yeah Drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are, I don't do, you, do that. Yeah. Are you into being in like the sports management background? Are you into like supplements and uh no, not really, honestly. Okay. So yeah, when I was growing up, um I've always just kind of had a for whatever reason, I've always been kind of just anti anything that like I I'm gonna put in my like I'm just more so natural. Like I just like things that are natural. So like I, for the longest time, I didn't even want to do any protein shakes or anything like that. But then whey, I found out whey protein is all right. So, you know, I've been taking that. Um, but yeah, I never really got into any like heavy into any like pre-workouts or anything like that where I'm taking it on a consistent basis. So for me, I'm just yeah, a little bit more old school, more natural and just like fruits, vegetables, uh, get your protein through meat, fish, all that kind of stuff. So no, no. Other than I guess I'm doing, I'm trying this supplement right now because Joe Rogan re- recommended oh, it. So nice. <laughs> it's kind of, it's, I was really hesitant, but I was, yeah, he really, so this just, I guess, goes to show the power of advertising on podcasts because that's a hundred percent of the reason. I was just like, all right, Joe Rogan, he's like, he seems to be an expert on this stuff and I'm going to trust his judgment on this thing. And yeah, it's yeah. been working out so far. So I don't take it every day, but when I need a little bit of extra focus, it does the job. Yeah. Nice. What kind of podcasts are you listening to right now? Yeah, it's it's a good question. So there, I really like this one podcast called, I think it's called My First Million. Um, basically, it's just two guys, they entrepreneurs. I think one of the guys runs like a... Um, some sort of like a rolling fund or something like that where he invests in, in startups now, but, uh, just very tons of ideas on that podcast tons. Like they come every single pod with just like a list of ideas that they're, they're going to talk through and they just like, let it fly. Um, Is it like startup ideas? Startup ideas for a company? Yeah. It's like startup ideas, any kind of like, um, anything that they see that like is cool and they think that like, could have like a different twist or any like I'm trying to think of some right now but basically it's just like it's basically just like anything that they think could be better and then they just talk through why they think it could be better and or or they'll just explain things that are doing really really well and then like the the concept and like the thought process and and why they think it's doing well um and so it's just it's just something that is super interesting to me yeah would you would you consider it kind of like shark tank almost kind kind of like shark tank only okay. yeah it's i mean it's not necessarily where they're like they're not like talking to people that are like pitching them on stuff or anything like that it's more so like 
they just see things that are happening in the world, like in Silicon Valley or like any of that kind of stuff. And then they just talk about it <laughs> and they talk about why it works. And um, one of the guys, I think his name's Sean. I should I don't even know his name, but I think it's Sean. He, he just has like a, a knack for just explaining things really like crisp and clean and condensed where he's, it's just really easy to understand. And so I'm just a big fan of, complex ideas being explained really easily and so that's why i gravitate towards it yeah nice would you ever want to start a company in the future oh yeah definitely okay. definitely i don't know what it's going to be yet but yeah that's it's always something I, I mean basically i just i just want to like i like building things um and so, uh, yeah, building a company would be awesome. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to do, but mm-hmm. I want it to, I want it to be something that's like innovative, something that's new, something that helps make the world a better place because it exists. And, um, yeah, still trying to figure out what that is, but it's, it's yeah. part of the journey. <laughs> nice. What would, I suppose that question would kind of be in similar line to, if you'd want to start a company. Um, but is there anything you would like to be doing five years from now specifically? Um, I think I just want to be, I just want to do whatever I want to do. That's good. <laughs> so that, I don't know if that answers your question, but That's a good basically I just want, <laughs> I want to do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. And I want the freedom to do, have that choice. So basically just, I want to have freedom of choice and I don't want money to be a restriction. I don't want, um, where I live to be a restriction. I, I just want to be able to do what I want to do. So I don't, <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily have like a five year like goal necessarily. Um, I've kind of like tried that stuff out and I've just found that like f- my life just changes too much and like things change. So, so drastically, and even my interests will sometimes change that I found that like, I feel very passionately about something one year, but then the very next year, my, my ambition and my, my goals, and even just like what I know is possible will change. And so that, that goal seems like kind of small potatoes mm-hmm. compared to like, Oh no, this is possible. So <laughs> why did I set this five year goal when I, you know, so I, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I kind of just want to be able to do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> like, I mean, you can, it's, it's great to create like long-term goals, especially if they're things that in the moment you're like, I would love to have this in the future. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, when you get to that point and as you grow as a human, like you'll just change and interests will be different. So just being able to be like adaptable mm-hmm. and being able to, not um be negative on yourself if things change yeah that way um that helps yeah i'd say i'd say i guess like like a five-year goal could would probably be i want to be in a position where i can help i mean you asked about do i want to start my business i mean the reason i would want to start a business is i mean i a little selfishly i just like building things and it would be like fun for me to do but another piece would be just i i feel like that's really one of the only ways that I can make change, you know, in the world. I want to be able to like shape the world how I want to how I want it to operate. 
<laughs> if that makes sense, um, or correct things that I think are wrong that could be done differently, um, create opportunity for people that I think, you know, aren't given a fair shot because of systems or, uh, they're born on the wrong side of town or the wrong side of the world. Um, and so if I, like, I guess, yeah, five years from now, I want to be able to be in a position to influence those types of things where mm. I can, yeah, shape the world how I want to see it. Yeah. So if uh, you were to name like one thing that you'd want to change about the world right now, what would it be? Um, well, I think a huge problem is financial literacy and people understanding um, how to get ahead in life. Mm. And so I think there's some, I haven't quite figured out exactly what it is yet, but there's something there where there's people that like generation after generation, they're stuck in a loop. It feels like where mm -hmm. they're just, just scraping to get by their parents were scraping to get by. Now it's their turn. They're, they're barely getting by. <clears throat> and a lot of times it's, African-American communities and communities of color. And I think a big part of it is just figuring out a way to break that cycle. And I think for me, I think it's huge part of it is financial. Um, I mean, there's political stuff that people always will push and stuff like that. I feel like that's stuff that I can't control really. <laughs> what I can control is try to make a lot of money and help other people make a lot of money. <laughs> it's the kind of the way I look at it. Yeah. And so, um, I had an idea of like some sort of a system where as soon as somebody's born, um, they're instantly like, imagine like this huge company or this huge, I don't even know what it is, maybe a nonprofit or maybe just me as an individual. Um, basically, as soon as somebody's born in a certain community, that person gets like, I don't know, $1,000 or $10,000 spread into a bunch of different like invest basically just creating an investment portfolio for somebody as soon as they're born mm -hmm. and then as they grow when they're 18 maybe they get access to those funds and they can go to college if they don't want to go to college they can start their own business it earns compound interest along the way so just basically just like i don't know something like that where basically somebody can just get a fair shot mm -hmm. and chase their dreams like i think a lot of times people they look at their situation and they think oh why would I try if I can't get out? <laughs> so I just want to make, give people the opportunity to get out mm -hmm. through their own choices. And so, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Like even, even what we're seeing kind of now with, I mean, obviously Robin hood kind of restricted some trading on like a stock that shot up just based off <laughs> of like a community of people that yeah. are trying to drive this. But you're seeing more like crypto, Robinhood, mm -hmm. these different platforms that are trying to decentralize and like make financial literacy like available to everyone. And all you would need is like a phone. Yeah. And that big part of like what you're saying is like the literacy part and like understanding because it's confusing mm -hmm. like to know what to invest your money in and like how to grow your money. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, that's. That's also why there's not everyone um, like has a bunch of money. So it's obviously yeah. like pretty difficult. But I remember seeing like a graph a while ago. If you were to invest like $200 from the point you were born to I think when you're 18, 
Like it was a good into the S and P five hundred. Yeah. I mean, you'd have a good amount of money by that time to oh, like yeah. fund college, business idea. So that nonprofit of investing, like when people are born, I mean, that'd yeah. be interesting. Yeah, I don't never, know how it, I haven't never. thought through all the different <laughs> ways that it would work or like the problems that because there's problems with every idea. I haven't actually like dove into the problems, but just as like from an idea, ideal yeah. like an idealistic standpoint, like how sick would that be? You know, like how how awesome would that, that would be? Cool. A world where maybe even the government does that, right? Yeah. But that's the, that's the whole political thing where it's like, oh, that I can't control any of that stuff. So mm-hmm. what can I control? Let me try to build some nonprofit or entity that. Maybe it's a business that pledges for every X amount of sales. They pledge to donate $1,000 to somebody born in a disadvantaged community or something like that. Like, I don't know, just things like that. Because, yeah, compound interest, S&P 5, like there's so many different, like that's the name of the game. That's, I mean, that's what all the rich people are doing. That's what all the rich white people are doing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, let's just copy. I mean, we can copy the blueprint, right? Like the blueprint's there. It's just education. Yeah. And consistency and discipline i i think mm-hmm. and so being able to teach people that you know just educate them on what to do and educate them on how to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at the end of the day if people know what to do and they know how to do it um i think that i mean there's obviously other barriers that people have to go go over but that's like the building blocks i think of success mm-hmm. and so if people can have those building blocks then that's that's a that's a world that I want to live in. If everybody has that, yeah, so. be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did want to kind of talk about your story of like how you grew up a little bit because you did oh, yeah. grow up in Africa and you did talk to me a little about it a little bit like yeah. last week. Um, but you you were young at that time, so you don't remember a lot. But if you'd be able to kind of share that story a little bit, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. So I, honestly, I don't, I, I wouldn't even say that I grew up there. Honestly, I, I moved from the Ivory coast when I was two. Um, and so basically, uh, yeah, my dad's side of the family is from there. A ton of family on that side. I've gone back, uh, two times, uh, since we moved back one, just like maybe like three, four, five years ago now, maybe, huh? I don't know. I was there kind of recently. Um, and then another time when I was in sixth grade I went back over there and so yeah I mean it's just it's a it's a big difference from what happens over there to what <laughs> happens over here I mean there was I mean just if, I mean, we can get a little bit political on it too but like as we're going through our elections here they're also going through elections over there and the the situation I mean basically from what I understand and I'm no expert on this so I could could be wrong so don't you know, come after me if if you're listening to this and you disagree with what I say. But basically, from my understanding, is the president in every coast had his two terms, and during those two terms, created a rule to say, "Oh, now I can get a third term. I'm, I'm going to make that a thing where I can get a third term now and uh, run again." Basically, so it'd be like if you know, if Trump had won and then next year decided, you know, I'm just going to make up a new rule mm-hmm. and ins- install that. And yeah, so he did that. And basically it just threw the whole entire country into conflict. People, de- people actually dying over this thing mm-hmm. and family members not like having, like having to like 
you know, my dad, especially he's more close to the situation, but worrying about if family members are safe because they live in certain areas of the country. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, just huge difference between what's actually like going on over there versus over here. You know, obviously it's, you know, there's tension, there's political tension, the stuff with the White House was crazy, not downplaying that at all. But for the most part, I feel like a lot of times here, people just like to overreact a lot yeah, and like, they get a little bit more sensitive. Mm -hmm. A lot, I think that's more so at it. It's like people are a lot more sensitive over things that they're outraged on here versus in the Ivory Coast, there's like actual hardship and like actual yeah actual yeah. crazy stuff that's happening yeah and so that's just i guess that kind of gives me a little bit of a, a different perspective um and then just like seeing how people live so like my dad he, he was born in like a village in every coast like something that you might see on like national geographic or something like that like not like so when we went back there the last time he was looking around and he was like wow like there's electricity like they put mm -hmm. up like light posts and stuff mm -hmm. and he was like and I think there was like a well there and he was like, wow, there's, there's clean water, there's electricity. Like, this is crazy. Nice. Like this is, <laughs> and like, so he, he said he grew up drinking water out of the, or out of the river, <laughs> like the river that went by the village. That's yeah. where he grew up drinking water. And so, um, just seeing like different, different ways that people live is like a crazy, crazy, just perspective, I guess, to have, um, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I guess I don't, I don't remember too much of like growing up there or anything, but mm -hmm. mostly just the takeaways of back my times visiting and, um, just hearing stories. Yeah. What's it like when you go back there? Uh, I, I guess in what sense? Do you, do you look forward to it? Yeah. Are you kind of like, oh, I have to go back there? Oh no, I love it. Okay. It's, it's awesome to go back. Um, so when we go back, we go for like three weeks at a time. We stay there for a long time. Um, and it's, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, people are super friendly. Um, I mean, it's, it's great to see, you know, relatives that I don't really, I mean, I don't really know them, but it's still good to see them. Um, it's tough. I don't speak French very well, har at, hardly at all. Really. <laughs> I can kind of understand a little bit of what people are saying. Um, so that's, that makes it a little bit tough where I can't really communicate as well as I would like to with people. Do they but, know any English or is it mostly yeah, French? People know English. Okay. Um, not necessarily, not really like in the village or anything like that, but in the city, people will know English and can kind of communicate to people. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's really a, it's definitely an experience going back there. Um, food is phenomenal. All of it is super, super good. All mm -hmm. natural. None of that crazy stuff. The that's, yeah, none of, none, of, none of that crazy stuff that's Peak going natural. into. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I think everybody. Should, I mean, Africa is like a really cool place to go. I think everybody should go. Um, check it out. I mean, it's it's just it's it's a little bit of like a perspective shift when you go there. Um, but it's, I mean, the people there are just really good people. Yeah. Yeah. If you were to, if you were to recommend a spot in Africa to go and travel, like, what would you recommend? Yeah, I, I, I'm, 
obviously bias. I would say the Ivory Coast. <laughs> I'd say Ivory the Ivory Coast, Coast just because okay. that's where I've, I've been there, you know, the most. Um, I think a Nigeria would be a good place for people to go to. Um, yeah, I, but the Ivory Coast. You got to go to Ivory Coast. Go to Abidjan, which is like the maid city. Yeah, you'll, you'll have a good time. <laughs> Sweet. You're you're also into crypto a little bit. I know it's getting a little up to our time. Um, have you heard about like Cardano? Are you in Cardano for like oh, yeah. a crypto? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you have you looked into their expansion into Africa? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I love I love everything that um, what's his name Charles Hotchkinson yeah, Hotchkinson yeah. or whatever his <laughs> name is. I love it all. Um, I think it's a huge issue the the unbanked. Um, I mean, people need people need identities. You know, right? That's I mean, that's a big thing. Like, like when people are born in the in the Ivory Coast, like in the village. It's not like they're getting a birth certificate. Like the government doesn't know that they exist. Yeah, <laughs> like when my dad true. came to every co- when my dad came here, he was given a birthday. Like, mm. like they just the government here was like, okay, this is your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think like the unbanked is a huge thing. Giving people identity is is huge. Um, every I mean everything that the crypto movement is doing in terms of just giving people like freedom and everything that the blockchain can do for people, I think is. I mean, that's definitely the future. I mean, somebody, I, I heard somebody say, you know, we, 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 were, we were too late to explore the world, like the physical world here. We're too early to explore the universe, like Mars mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But we're just in time to see blockchain take off and the, you know, Ooh, new internet, <laughs> new, new world as we know it and that side of things and the new digital yeah. world. So I completely agree with that. I, I think it's an exciting time to be alive and... I'm investing in car. Yeah, I'm I'm in Cardano. I'm I'm in it, and I think I really like all the things that they're doing, and we're hoping that we're hoping that we could see some gains off of that yes. thing. You know, it's it's looking good right now. It it's, is it's, looking it's good. It's up a little bit. <laughs> no, but that's awesome. Um, to finish off the podcast, if you were to leave your last piece of advice right now to like your younger self, what would that be? Mm, that's a good question. Last piece of advice to my younger self. Hmm. Buy Bitcoin. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's actually <laughs> that's actually not bad. I would probably yeah, that would be one of the things. Um I would probably just say like so for me sometimes so you, we talked about like the five year goal thing a little bit, and that's kind of what one of the reasons I went away from that is because I, I just realized that, you know, I don't know everything. And so I think that like telling myself, it's okay that you don't know everything. It's okay. Like, even though you think you might know everything, you, you don't <laughs> one. And so it's okay to change your plans and change your goals, but just make sure that you're just attacking everything with a hundred percent. So like giving, giving full effort to everything. And then after that, just kind of letting the chips fall. Um, so yeah, just spend more time doing less time planning. Sweet. Yeah. And Jeremy, how can people find you on social media if they want to buy some Timberwolves tickets? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you can, if you want to buy some Timberwolves tickets, you can hit me up at, uh, just my Instagram. It's just Jeremy Kofi K O F F I looks like coffee, but it's Kofi. Um, it's if you wanted to email me, it's jeremy.kofi 
at timberwolves.com. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. That's basically what I, what I'm at at everything. I'm, you know, when I was growing up, I was the one and only Jeremy Kofi on the internet. So you can Ooh. just type in my first and last name. And that's how you can get a hold of me. <laughs> nice. Sweet Jeremy. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning into the podcast with Jeremy. If you enjoyed it, please send us a DM on Instagram at live your vision pod or ever underscore North or leave a review as we love to receive your feedback on the show. If you want to stay up to date on new podcasts and collection drops from ever North, please check out evernorthco.com. Thanks again for listening and hope you have an amazing day.